You're listening to For the Lore, the podcast that delves in the craft of our favorite games, whether lore, gameplay, or game design. Each week, Roger is joined by Joe and Vince. Roger coming to you on Monday, the 7th of September, and we're actually Vinceless tonight. As we said last week, Vince is on holidays. He has been on oh. holidays. I go see his girl. Whoa. What are we yeah. doing? Oh, for fuck's sakes. Don't know about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped it from recording. However, I didn't That's mute that hard. track. There, it's muted now. And you know what? That shit's staying in. Why? Because oh. I don't take myself seriously. Also because it's classic us. <sighs> classic me at this point. <laughs> That's very difficult. So yeah, Vince has been off seeing his girl, so we decided to bring in Ringer for this week. So we got Amir back on the show. Great to have you back, buddy. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So what have you been up to lately? Uh, playing a metric crap ton of Destiny. Like, I'm trying to get my year one emblem, and today is literally the last day. <laughs> and you took to get a it. break just to be with us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, don't think I like you guys. <laughs> I, how so? Which one are you missing? Uh, Skolas from the Prison of Elders. Uh, Prison Elders thirty five. Right. It's a huge pain in the ass. <laughs> Honestly, huge pain in the ass. I didn't even. We talked about this before on one of the episodes. I haven't bothered. What I got is that's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going looking for a fancy ass shader. Not gonna. Not, not even a shader emblem. Eh, no. <laughs> Well, let's go right into Destiny right now, just because we got so much freaking Destiny news being shoveled at us, thanks to it coming out, like, freaking tomorrow. So I'll let you take this. So it's been a bunch of stuff. They've been, over the past few weeks, just putting out content, uh, videos of different stuff's happened, and the strikes, the the new Quarter Oryx, which I think is, like, one of the most exciting things in the game. Uh, So Quarter Oryx is basically an area within the game where you can create your own public events. Um, they showed a few of the different ones that they have coming out. There was like one where you have to fight multiple witches at the same time and or wizards. Wizards. Yeah. <laughs> but if you kill them uh, separately from each other, then they can res the other one and then continue to cause all shit to break loose. Uh, in this area, you can have a bunch of different people in there. You can have uh, you pick up these things to start at different events and the events ramp up the more you do in a row but you can't activate more than one per cooldown yourself um so they showed a lot of different things with that i thought that was a really awesome thing because public events in destiny pretty much suck uh, at but, this point yeah like initially <laughs> like you, yeah they were fun but now it's like first, oh my god uh, like we're hitting your 20s you're like oh yay public event i'm gonna go do this and now it's like well i i see walker i'm going to ignore it <laughs> Let me go look after these, like, wolves or something. Yeah. So I guess that's a good way to keep... And the rewards are supposed to be better, like, a lot better gear drops than you got out of uh, the old public events. So that's an exciting thing to add to the game. Um, Then uh, I have just completed all the raids in the game. Uh, That was part of my thing, getting my uh, uh, emblem, because you have to beat the Crota on hard mode and... uh, atheon on hard mode so i've 
found groups in Destiny LFG. So speaking of raids, they uh, are unlocking the raid three days after the expansion's launch. So which is fine. Was- that like people made such a stink about that, and honestly, it's that's common for any MMO right now coming out, and and like a few days after for a shooter, come yeah. on, that's fine. Well, it's it's funny. We, we talked about this on my podcast that that people and Destiny don't understand the the regular MMO rules. Like it's a different my old, Yeah, my old gear is not gonna go up with me, so I can't bring my Galahorn to level forty with me. I'm so mad. I'm like, well, this is MMO expansion. It's like a reset of gear. You get new gear to replace the old gear. That's kind of what happens. But it's been a lot of backlash for things like that. But I have every. Uh, bit of reason to believe that people will just get over it <laughs> you know what? we need to make a macro of some kind whenever anybody bitches about stuff like that we can post how come we can't still wear our mc gear <laughs> shit like that <laughs> seriously that's and, and it was funny that's that, that's exactly what it reminded me of it's like i remember this yeah. well the I thing that i found um interesting and it actually wasn't in any of the the links that I posted either. It was something that I'd watched before a video that they did, and they were talking about just that, getting rid of Galhorn and and other things like that. And folks don't understand, and it's the same again with the MMO. It allows the devs to have a complete reset of gear. So if they fuck something up because it was too powerful or whatever, boom, not anymore. And it's just been rewritten, and it's done in such a way that because it's been done forever in MMOs, it's just, meh, that's what it is. You don't think in the back of your head, you bastard screwed me over. I worked for months. You think, ah, this is how it is. I'm going to replace purples with greens in no time flat. And that's something that they need to learn with with Destiny. Well, yeah, like like Jeff said, it's it's a different crowd. And I think that that you'll see the transition of people getting used to that over time. But like right now it's just like roar angry gamer. (laughs) For me, it's, it's interesting because it's like, how long does that take to actually set in as far as a mindset at this point? Like how long has the destiny been out? I mean, it was out well before I started playing. Well, it's finished the year. This is year two. Yeah. So again, they'll learn. I frankly, I think it's a good thing because again, and the same thing is going to happen this year, although they've learned. So they're going to apply that to the new weapons and whatnot. But I mean, it, it got annoying that anything you do, there's only one weapon being used. And, and if you get your hands on one and like Zer was just selling them a few weeks ago, then all you're doing is leveling it and (laughs) putting all this money into it, it, virtual money, you know what I mean? And, and it's just going to be useless later on. So, Again, I want that mentality of, you know what, shoot whatever the hell you want to. There's there's a reason why you have, as they called it, like, you know, the golf cart full of, of different clubs so that yeah. you can apply the right one for the right job. And you bring up that thing about the mentality. Like, if you go on the, like, I, I use Destiny looking for, looking for group to find my groups to do raids and stuff. And the expectation is you have a maxed out Galahorn, you have a maxed out Icebreaker, or else you're not getting invited. And I hate that shit. I that's one of the things that I hated back in the day with WoW, and yeah. it ruined so your, much of the game. Your score has to be exactly, <laughs> yeah. And 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 I'd say, you know what? Fuck you, Joe. Go play with other people then. Right. <laughs> All right. What else did they have to say? I know they were talking about some changes to uh, PvP as well with the mercy rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crucible mercy rule is actually probably one of my favorite changes. That doesn't really mean that much in the grand scheme, but oh, it does. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Consider I, how much this is going to fix as well. 
Right, because I had been doing the Iron Banner stuff when that yeah. was up uh, last week, so I played the crap out of, of it. But there was like a string, and I say, I'm not even kidding, I probably went about 15 games in a row. Yeah. And it's terrible. Where I just got bought into games where people were just getting shit stomped. And I'm like, what is happening? Why, why am I down, you know, 8,000 points when I walk into the game? And then I'm the only third person left on my team because everyone else leaves. Yeah. So if that happens now, the way they're doing the mercy rules, if you end up getting pulled into a game if, or you can't find more people to fill up a game and you're down to some insurmountable amount like that, then they just end it and you get your rewards and you move right along. Like, this is going to save me so much time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm thinking of. I'm like, I'm just going to save time because half the time you get pulled in those games, you don't even want to play. So you're like, well, I quit. <laughs> Or I stick it through and just take my ass whooping. <laughs> and the, the thing is, is that honestly, there's, except for being the quote unquote, I won't be that guy that just disappears. There's no reason to stay, no, especially when Iron Banner first came out and you weren't getting anything for staying or leaving, or you only, you only got something if you won. Like there's, there's a lot of things that they've learned that they're applying. And this here is one of the better things that I've heard from this because I will point blank. Like I'll, I, I really enjoy their PVP, but if it gets like that, forget it. I'm, I'm done. Yeah, it's good. Like and that that string of games kind of like I that was right after I just stopped doing Iron Banner. I was like, well, I'll just wait till the next one comes around. Yeah. Like because yeah. I was done. I was like, this is too frustrating. Because why am I keep get, Why do I keep getting pulled into these games? So, uh, what did you think ahead. about the um, the videos that they showed for the raid stuff? Because they showed I, a bunch of different mechanics that we're going to see in the raids and whatnot too. I'm excited that they're adding like, yeah. new stuff. Like, uh, I was expecting a raid to come through when House of Wolves came out. So when I didn't get a raid, I was kind of disappointed because I was like, all right, well, I wanted to come back and do the stuff for Crota. And then I was like, I'm going to do the stuff for House of Wolves because I didn't pick up the Crota stuff because it was like three missions and I was really pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I was angry. I was like, well, and then you got blocked out from being able to do like your... Um, your nightfalls or anything yeah. like the, I walk, log in that first week and it's like, well, you can't do the nightfall because it's this new content. Yep. And I'm, well, fuck me. <laughs> but the House of Wolves stuff did add some improvements and I was just like, I want another raid. Now they're like, all right, we're going to give you raid stuff and we're going to give you awesome mechanics. And um, I, I'm, I'm just they've constantly built up the excitement for the game by putting out these little videos for like the past month. I, I'm like super excited to see this next week. Well, one of the well, things that I like, again, when they're talking about the um, the new boss mechanics and whatnot, too, is that they heard the people complaining about the bullet sponges and that that's all you're doing yeah. and there's nothing to it. Like some of the stuff that we do over and over again, my God, you could teach a freaking dog just to press its nose against the button and there you go. Yeah. So the fact that they're giving us more dynamic events and again taking a page from the mmo side where the bosses have different mechanics and stuff like that that's going to be freaking awesome that's one of the things that i'm looking forward to the most again and that is a reason to raid as well like i don't oh, do the, yeah i don't do the definitely. raiding because a i don't know a bunch of people that i could just hop in with and i hate using looking for group tools because again you get the assholes but i'd like to do it and this is more of an incentive when you're looking at okay well i'm not just going to be running in and shooting at a, a bullet sponge there's going to be cool content and 
uh, fun mechanics to keep me engaged. Like when they're talking about like depending on your class and this and that and what you're going to be able to do, but also like you can't just leave the fight. You have to be engaged if you want uh, rewards, and that's not just for the raids, but also the the uh, personal things that you can uh, the events and whatnot. But they're, they're again they're they're really it feels like studying the competition in terms of MMOs because the first person shooter aspect they've got down bad. Yeah, it finally feels like they're actually listening yeah. and then taking the good stuff that is out there from other games and saying, hey, this is how we can apply it to our game and make it better. And, like, I can't help but be excited. I, I was really not into Destiny for a long time because they were not. It didn't seem like they gave a shit about what people felt about the game. They're like, well, we're just going to do what we do. Yeah. And you'll like it. <laughs> Man, they learned so, fast. Okay. They went from a very bungee attitude to a very MMO attitude. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. Okay, any other pertinent thoughts on Destiny before we move on? Um, there's a story about the their fire composer, which yeah, I thought well, was somewhat interesting. Um, they had uh, Martin O'Donnell, who's the guy who composed the Halo theme. He was co-founder of Bungie or whatever. But he had a case going against uh, Bungie for issues with uh, composing. I, honestly, it sounds like he com- came from composing ad stuff. And there was a lot of back and forth. They fired him, and they didn't pay him. But there was some other stuff that I saw in this, and this this wasn't uh, in the the post that you, you made. But apparently, this also has some stuff like the, in that case where they tied into there was some story stuff that got eliminated from the game in that same time when they fired him. So a part of the reason why the story was lacking in content because they entirely reworked the story, and it actually got it. It said that in the. Um, the case stuff that they changed everything and that's why the game got delayed for another year past where it's supposed to be now what exactly happened with that there's nothing in there to tell you what happened or what parts of the story is gone or anything but there was a lot of people out there who had tested the game when it first was coming out and like this isn't the same thing yeah so i I, I an interesting perspective on why it was delayed too yeah yeah Exactly. And I, I'm hoping that I can hear more about that somewhere later on down the line. But it'd be really interesting to see what exactly happened there. Maybe Bungie will be upfront about it and maybe I don't ever hear anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that I found interesting was actually the the implied relationship between Bungie and Activision as well. Yeah. Which didn't sound like it was all that positive either. <laughs> all that friendly. It really didn't so, seem all that yeah, friendly at all. Thinking all of a sudden they're thinking, man, Microsoft really wasn't that bad. So bad. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's move on to some Bethesda news. We got both some Fallout as well as some ESO news. Joel, I'll let you take this. So the one that I was really excited about was the Fallout 4 news. In particular, we started hearing more about how much dialogue has finally been recorded for this over the course of the last several years as this game has been in development and quiet they've been recording basically scripted voice acted roles and apparently it's enough dialogue that it takes fallout 3 uh and uh, i'm sorry uh skyrim and it's more than both of those combined that's a ridiculous amount of dialogue they said it was 111,000 lines though they of said there's a lot of repeats for yeah, different things but that's still a ridiculous amount but for again they've been talking there. about this in terms of how much gameplay there's going to be as well how many hours of gameplay and that's the big question that i had when i listened to this because they're getting progressively longer and longer their games and so 
like when you well, looked at specifically, how much, specifically their post games are getting longer and longer. Well, when you look at Fallout Three and Skyrim, hell, you can go back even further than that. And the question is, is it too long? Like, I'm expecting this is going to be well over a hundred hours. Were they saying even 150 hours? I thought I read somewhere. 150 hours. Yeah, like that's that's ridiculous. You know what? Though? I just got done playing The Witcher Three, and that was 250, 300 hours of main story. So, I mean, it's not as big as it could be. But I mean, a lot of their a lot of their stuff too. A lot of the length of their game is post main storyline, and it's it seems like a lot of that's going to be in there as well. Because yeah, but that's all the previous fallouts. You have your main storyline, and then you have everything else that piles on after it. Yeah, yeah, but that's the same way with their Elder Scrolls games as well. Sure, like Jesus, you can get through yeah. Oblivion but in a lets, short afternoon. But that lets you that lets players decide what their investment. Oh, you know, is no, I know that. You know what but I mean? what I'm trying to say is that I don't believe that Bethesda games can be spoken about in the same manner as you would a traditional game that has a linear questing path, because sure. the importance is not necessarily on that main path i had more fun in oblivion doing the dark brotherhood stuff than i did the main storyline i would argue that that also relies individually on the player i know several people who have played through all of the fallout games and have only played the main storyline yeah but that's a choice that they're making that's a choice they're making yeah you know three quarters of the game (laughs) i understand that i understand what you're saying i'm just saying that it's still a choice it's an option it's not necessary like if they put 400 hours of content in there it's not going to be required that you play 400 hours of content if most of it's optional. So, I mean, I can I can kind of deal with that. I can kind of be okay with that. As long as the price does not get increased because of all of these things, then I'm all right with it as well. But I, it's a slippery slope where you can see where the price is going to start going up. And based on how many hundreds of hours they can boast is in there, regardless of what the content is. See, and that I don't know. Thought of it like that, <laughs> but I don't know if that'll. I don't know if that's going to happen as quickly as you expect it would. Because, because if you think DLC. about it, they they could have done this with a lot of other games, and over they could have done this with Skyrim. They could have done this with Fallout Three. They could have raised the price to astronomical levels, and they really didn't. Well, they did, did, they didn't. Else. What I said is, it's a slippery slope that can be applied sure. to anyone, and we sure as shit know a lot of people who would, a lot of different dev studios that would. Uh, you're absolutely right, but then that's going to fall on the gamers to make the decisions with their money. Mm. <laughs> I can't say that I trust gamers to make great decisions with their money. I, I that means wait for the Steam sale. I will keep that thought deep in my heart as I'm spending 150 plus hours with Fallout 4 with a pit boy on my arm. Yeah, I can't be well. trusted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you don't have an iPhone. <laughs> No, it works with any smartphone. Roger. Oh, okay. I didn't know it was going to work with Android. Yeah, it's any so. smartphone. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I'll just 3D print one later on. <laughs> Fuck that shit. Okay, what about you? Along the same lines, we actually started to get some uh, information about uh, the first DLC game pack for Elder Scrolls Online. And I'm, I'm not personally playing the game, but it just seemed interesting what they're trying to expand the game through. They're giving all sorts of new content. Uh, for players that are level 10 or higher. There's going to be new PvP and PvE spaces, including a brand new Imperial City, which looks, the map for it looks really, really cool. It's going to have new story content quests, characters within that city. Uh, It's going to have a PvP public dungeon uh, called the Imperial Sewers. 
Two new PvE uh, Imperial City group dungeons with normal and veteran versions. Veteran is like their version of heroic, more or less. They're going to have a whole bunch of new items that scale to the veteran rank of 16, which is really, really high, apparently. And there's going to be a bunch of collectibles, pets, uh, polymorphs, a skin earned by participating in one of the activities, a whole new racial motif crafting style, a new stone system used to purchase veteran gear, and then trophy vaults, which will contain veteran jewelry pieces. Uh, I think that's okay, and I didn't see what a price point on it is, but they're kind of doing what Lord of the Rings Online and Dungeons & Dragons Online was doing, which was releasing the content, letting it download as just part of the base game, and then if players paid for a premium subscription or paid for the content and unlocked it and everything else, it looks like they're going that route as well. Mm-hmm. But I honestly, I don't know personally, I don't think this is enough for me to pick the game back up. I tried it when it was first came out, tried it a little bit after it went free to play, still not sold on it. I would play it more were enough for the fact that, again, I've got the other games that are just a little bit better or yep. in some cases much better. So I'm putting my time there. But being someone who played the crap out of a lot of Elder Scrolls games, I really have that love of the IP. So when I see something like this and it's that return to Imperial City, that actually for me is something that I, you know, you would equate to if a, a another Warcraft game was made, but they didn't put Stormwind or Orgrimmar. And then in the first DLC is, hey, you guys can go back there. And it's like, oh, I remember doing this there and all that thing. So a lot of the stuff of that city I recall from other games. So it's kind of a cool throwback that I actually would be interested in. Not enough, like you said, to bounce back in ahead of other games, but I can certainly appreciate it for anybody who does like it. And that freaking PVP in the, in the sewers would be awesome because I can see that right now. I mean, the temptation to, to dabble in it is certainly there, but compared to other stuff that is coming around, like, you know, Destiny has stuff, Dragon Age Inquisitions getting new DLC. Like, there's so many other things that are just a little bit higher above that yeah. tier list of things to play. I don't know when I'll actually ever get to it. Yeah. And see, Wildstar is going free to play on September 29th, too. Yep. So yep, that's, that's the next too. big news, too. Like, they, same as ESO, they've rebranded it as Wildstar Reloaded, and it's going free to play. And there's new character creation stuff, new intro experience. They're, they really streamline that down. And, and there's also some graphical improvements, not just to the game, but to the NPCs as well, that they kind of changed them up. Improvements to the dungeons across the board. They've really done a lot with the various itemization for your stats on your gear and different things like that. They're trying to really change how that works because a lot of it was very particular to Wildstar and they appreciate that a more traditional approach to different things would work better for the stats and whatnot. And they're applying that also to the rune system, which has that always so happy. sucked. Oh yeah. God. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> I, so bad. I, dabbled and i say that with quotes because there's there there was that little dabbling involved and i never bothered with any of my characters to do it now luckily i'm i wasn't i didn't run a raiding guild we just kind of played together and had fun and it would have helped but it i could not be bothered yeah i was gearing for raiding and trying to get things to drop with the right rune slots on it then getting oh my god (laughs) Yeah, so they're dropping how many you can use as well from 80 to 35, which is going to make life a lot easier for people. Yeah, that's a big significant And Definitely. then changing how it applies to your gear and what you can do for, for various things. And, and so, like, 
big, big overhaul there that is needed. There's a whole bunch of quality of life improvements. And then there's the obvious cosmic rewards program. They're going to have the store where you can buy things with the Omni bits that you earn by playing the game or you can use real money and whatnot. And again, nothing groundbreaking, just stuff that will help you level faster and some other various things. I'm sure they're going to start tossing in mounts and whatnot. The really cool thing, though, is that it's allowing you to work your way towards whatever you want to buy as well. It might take you a substantial amount longer. But, hey, you're playing the game for free. Who who cares? So, I right. again, I really dig the way they're handling this. I'm glad they finally, like, embraced it. Because if, I honestly think, and me and my wife played for a while, that if they'd embraced this a lot earlier, that the game could be huge at this point. Like, yeah. really huge. Yeah. Well, it, it's also interesting, too. Like, the, this is all, there's been a lot of community swapping, too, between them and companies like Blizzard in as this is moving closer to the free-to-play mark. And I, I'm with you guys. I wish they would have done this sooner because I would have been playing a whole hell of a lot more, honestly. And that's what bothers me because I was running... Uh, well, I still do. I still run the guild that we run. Um, and before before it really started liquidating players... And, like, we'd lost some good people, and we weren't a raiding guild. Although we had enough people that were gearing up towards the end that we actually could have started it. but And there was a few members that were interested. But for the most part, we'd always been just casual adults getting together playing. So we stuck to that. And we had so much fun. It was unbelievable. So when we started losing players, just because they were going to other games and everything else, because, again, you're looking at it and you're thinking, this is not worth my $15 a month. So we lost so many good players, and it just was never the same. And now, with this going free, I'm really hoping that, A, some of those will come back, and B, we'll get some new players. Because it's something that I found with, with that game as well. And it's it could also be, again, I just didn't happen upon as many bad players as other people. That's, that's highly possible. But... I didn't meet any assholes in Wildstar. And I mean, I chatted I with yeah, people either. all the time. Yeah, I didn't run into and too many of them either. I, yeah. I ran into more helpful people randomly in that game than I think any other game I've played. Yeah. So there was just a lot of different things like that were great about that community. And it's funny because it was not that long ago, there was the thing about the, the uh, how many uh, members were in both Guild Wars 2, and there was another one that had passed a milestone as well that was fairly big. I can't remember which one it was. And then, of course, WoW players have got to get defensive. And I say that. I play WoW as well, but (laughs) some WoW players, another MMO is doing well. Oh, my God. The sky is falling. And I was thinking, you know what? You know how many assholes I've met in Guild Wars 2? None. You know how many assholes I've met in WoWstar? A couple. You know how many assholes I've met in WoW? What do you mean? This hour? This hour or today? <laughs> thousands upon thousands. I, so, I recently I cleared off my block list and <laughs> just so many names. And some of them have been on my list for Lord knows how long because yeah. I'm playing for fucking ever. But I was like, wow, I've met some dicks. Yeah. <laughs> you start attaching what the situation was to that person's name. You're like, wow, this person was fucking awful. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's something about that game has consistently brought a yeah the best people that i've ever met in some cases 
but also so many assholes. <laughs> it's just a toxic. It reminds me of League of Legends in some ways. Like you're like, I can't believe you said that in a public chat channel. I, like, God. I think a lot of that has to do with the mainstreamness of the game. Yeah, WoW, yeah. WoW is a mainstream yeah, game. League is yeah. a mainstream game. But it's been that way since the yeah. start. So it's just gotten worse. Anyways, we weren't talking about WoW. But are you two going, planning on heading back I'm to Wildstar or again? I'm already in the Wildstar free-to-play beta. I've been playing pretty yeah. frequently, actually. I did not get in the beta, but I will certainly be back. Me and my wife will be playing Wildstar. I got to wear my fancy pants jacket, man. I got to go back. I got one, too. Nice. <laughs> I was cheering when it went through because I, I tried so many others, and it was always taken, taken, taken. I was like, fuck and screw it no more and i passed some up as they came up and then that night i wasn't doing anything so i pulled up the thing first couple didn't get third one it went through and i went you're kidding <laughs> and i got a- this i hadn't fixed the driver issue <laughs> on my boot camp i couldn't log in to look at it <laughs> i got mine off of one of their art guys because i follow a young war chief on twitter oh nice and kim and i have been exchanging tweets since he played wow and uh because you know he used to play a shaman <laughs> Um, but it was one of those things where he just, he posted them and I'm just like, and nobody follows them. I'm just like, thank you for the check. <laughs> nice. So anyways, moving on from Wildstar, Joe, you found a couple of news bits here. I'll let you take this. So one of the things surprisingly that I'm really excited for is Divinity Original Sins 2. Did you, either of you guys play the Divinity Original Sins? I was no. waiting for it to be out for a little while and go on sale. It has not it's been, been out that list. Yeah, it hasn't been out that long. No, no, it hasn't been. So it's interesting because it's a Diablo-style game that boasts a lot of deep storytelling. It's got the same destructive environments, the same sort of character building where you can have a party and, well, I should say it's Diablo with a party because you get more than one character that you can play at a time. Mm -hmm. And it's a really interesting concept. It's a really great game. And surprisingly enough, I actually owe uh, Matt Lowe thanks for getting me the original game because I wasn't going to pick it up. (laughs) And randomly it shows up in my inbox. He's like, here, this looks like something you'd play. And I'm like, okay. So I started playing it and I'm like, wow, this is, this is actually really good. I heard it was really quite good. It, it's yep. really good, very complex, very rewarding. And now they're talking about they're just doing a Kickstarter for Divinity Original Sins 2. And one of the coolest things that they're doing, and, and this is something that I'm super excited for, is there's an undead playable race. That's yeah. Awesome, because all the games that you play in this style, you're always like the hero. You're never the monster. Now you can be that sort of that sort of monster type character, and that's going to open up a whole new level of storytelling and interaction with NPCs. And I'm super excited for that. And that was a stretch goal. Yeah, and is that it's only a one point goals originally? I don't know. They had to add it. They had to add it. Yeah, they had to add it. It's it was a. they're at what one point two million dollars right now as far as backing. That's how good the first game was. Okay, so it's still the Kickstarter's still up right now. Kickstarter's still going. Hmm. So there's going to be another skill tree. They're going to add an additional skill tree if they had one point three five mil, which they're going to. Um, and then there's another one for a brand new location if they hit one point five mil. So they have twenty two days to go, and they're at one point two eight seven million. The temptation so. is there, Joe. <laughs> I'm yeah. looking at it. I may or may not have already backed it. I'm sure you um, <laughs> What's a low? No, seriously. It's, it's one of those games where if you get a chance to check out uh, Divinity Original Sin, I highly recommend it. Uh, 
it looks to be right up my alley. So and for I, twenty six bucks, you can get or no twenty five bucks, you can get the game. Yep, yeah. and it's worth it's worth every penny. Yeah, actually, mm-hmm. I might back this one because it is again. I did want to play the first one, but I was waiting for it to go on sale after it had been out for a while, and it has not been out for that long. So it, there wasn't a sale that was good enough. Which is probably it's one of those weird games too that operates in a weird price point because at most expensive it was thirty bucks, so it's not really going to drop that much because it's already at a pre, it's already a premium game. It's a it's a game that you would see other companies charge sixty bucks for. Right. They're selling for thirty, and here they're it's gonna, you get an insane amount of value for that money, and as far as I'm concerned. Damn, this looks good. Right? It really does. I, it really does. I'm looking at it like, why did I not touch the, the original one? I don't even remember. I don't care had, about the original anymore. Look at this. But they had they had shit marketing. Nobody knew the game was coming out. It was one of those things where you know nobody heard of this this game before. It didn't have anything with like none of the major news sites were reporting on funny. it. And it just came out of nowhere. I. When I was going to buy this game, I remember I was I ended up picking up Pillars of Eternity instead, which I loved. And then this kind of just like went completely off the radar for me. Now like, Go ahead. What I was gonna say, now one thing I will say that they are adding here too is origin stories. That's the other big bit of news. Origin stories are important because, well, again, it's freaking lore, it's story, it's them telling the character creation of races and specific characters. That's big because that was one thing that was lacking in the first game is you kind of just were thrown in and you had to figure out what was going on. Here there's actually going to be whole origin stories that you can play through for all of the playable races. Which Hmm. includes like dwarves, humans, elves, and now undead. Digital Lone Wolf Collector's Edition. (laughs) 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 You had me at Lone Wolf. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I did my, I've done my job. <laughs> Indeed. Good job. I'm good. All right. Speaking of smaller studios, a while back, I talked about Armello on the podcast. I strongly suggest you go back and listen to that episode because you could really tell from my excitement in my voice talking about how much I love that game. And I've been waiting a little while to play it until because this was fairly early when it came out. Until they put a whole bunch of new stuff in because they'd been saying that they they had a lot of plans and we kind of went back and forth via emails and you could tell they, they just they had this plan, this this path of where the game they expect it to be and whatnot. And there was an interview that sorry, not just an interview, but a write up on IGN about not necessarily the game. There's some information given about the game, but about the studio League of Geeks and how this came to be because this game has been in not necessarily development all the time, but they started talking about it and working on it like back in 2008. But these guys did it in their spare time. Now, it's a really long article, and I'm not really going to praise it because there's a lot of shit there that should have been edited out. Yeah. <laughs> but if you muscle through it, it's actually. Super, super interesting. Now, I doubt either of you have yet played the game. Nah, honestly, I, I remember you talking about it on the podcast, but I like never really got a chance to do yeah. anything with it because, yeah, time. Well, it's it's actually, you can pick it up on uh, PS4 now. And really? It was, it was the, PS4. What's that? 
I didn't know it was on PS4. I yeah. just saw it on Steam. Yeah, they just came out with the PS4. And actually, mm. there was a vote last month for because they started doing that for the PS Plus thing now, the free games, mm-hmm. where you yep, can yep, vote yep. on which one you want. And uh, this one, Armello, was one of them. And I, even though I have it on Steam, I was like, yes, I would love to play this on a freaking PS4. But stupid other game won. <laughs> but you can still <laughs> buy it. And it was still... Did I check it today or yesterday? It was still on sale recently when I looked. So it is so worth picking up. And if you actually pay for it, it's worth it because you're supporting these guys too. But the story behind like what this came to how this came to be was I thought super interesting because again, you got four guys that work together at a uh, a, a studio in Melbourne and basically they were working on already licensed IPs and the studio didn't really support new ideas and new games and whatnot. So, and that's what these guys wanted to do. And they kind of all left at different points and they they still stuck together with different ideas. And then it was when the iPad was announced that they really got excited in terms of what it is that they could do. And I think I remember that episode, which, oh man, that was... (laughs) That was something else. <laughs> but even back then, I had faith that, that the iPad would, would do just that for so many people, just make them dream about what they could do with it in terms of gaming and whatnot. And that's what you got here. And this idea that they had being, you know, board gamers of wanting to create a real board game on an iPad. And I think that's freaking awesome. Yeah, this looks legit. I I just showed it to my wife. It looks like something both of us would like to play. Yeah. Well, I love it, and I love board games on like the iPad. I've been playing a lot of uh, Talisman, right? Yeah, on the iPad, which I love Talisman. Ridiculously translated, ridiculously well from board game to to iPad. Well, having played Armello on the PC, like we're not getting the iPad version until next year, they're saying, but playing it on the PC, I can tell you, I I envision it on the iPad so perfectly. Like I, it it was made for the freaking iPad and you could tell that that's the, you know, that's what they had originally wanted. That's what they wanted to do was develop for the iPad. And that, that kind of changed when they lost one of their devs. But when they started going through Kickstarter afterwards, that's when they had some money and then they could start kind of realigning back to what eventually would be again, the development for the iPad, but not to forsake the others. But it's, it's kind of funny. You were talking about the marketing for uh, original sin and like these guys here were freaking smart in terms of business i again i don't know how much of you you, you muscle through the article but you really get the sense that again they needed to go out and look for devs to to mm-hmm. programmers to to do it these guys were directors and understood how important marketing is. And when they borrowed money there was or got money for grants or whatever it was you know specific amounts to take them to the game developer conferences and things like that to, to market that game. Like the game has a very, a very uh, popular opinion of it right now, even though it's been in alpha beta stage for quite a while, it's only just now going to be releasing officially. And we've seen a number of games that that alpha beta stage is just destroys them because of the pressure that you get from the 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 players that everybody wants to be appeased so they've been handling it well and doing regular monthly updates so they've got that shit down to like 
a grind. They, it's not a big deal. They know how to do it. So now that the game is out and they can continue to support it as well and they're already talking about their next project, it's like I'm super excited to hear of anything these guys will be working on now. Well, and we were just talking about this the other day too about how important marketing is in general. Uh, when we were talking about Wolf and that studio yeah. going under on Twitter, actually, yeah. um, you can tell when somebody has an idea of what's what should be done and what's going on and how to be smart about it. And these guys definitely have been doing their homework. They know what they're doing. Like it's it's one of those rare circumstances where I'm not worried. I think they're going to do just fine. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. I definitely got that vibe reading that long ass article. <laughs> it was interesting. <laughs> and I just, again, I have so much love for that game. It, it puts together so many different elements and does it with so much style that I want them to succeed. And once again, as somebody who is, you know, a, a card player, somebody who likes board games and all of these things that are combined in this, it's cool because I look, I do look forward to their next project because, you know, this is the first thing they've done for this studio. It's only going to get better. They're, they're, yeah. they're going to use the technology even better. Technology is becoming cheaper, like they said, too. They couldn't initially do a lot of things because they couldn't afford the licensing. Now it's a different ball game. So when you look at that and the advancement of the tablets and whatnot, like, oh, I think, oh, my God, there's so many different games that they can do that use the same kind of blend of all these cool things that would just be a blast to play. So that is going to wrap up this episode. Thank you very much for coming on. I know that you had better things to do in Destiny tonight, and we appreciate you taking the time. <laughs> no, it's all good. Yeah, you asked me ahead of time, and I I got mixed up. I bet you're asking me today that you're like, hey, you want to come on tonight? I was like, whoa, buddy. <laughs> I, I, I saw the tweet back, and I was like, you dumbass. You didn't even read what I wrote. <laughs> I read it. I completely skipped over that right part. Right there. Was, <laughs> Next He's royalty. Week. He doesn't have to read shit. <laughs> but okay. I do appreciate you guys having me back, for real. Where can the folks find you? Uh, You can find me on Twitter at ThePrinceTNO. If you want to watch me play video games very poorly, you can catch me at uh, the underscore drunken underscore prince uh, on Twitch. Uh, Usually I'm playing Destiny and doing well depending on the day or the amount of intoxication I have. Are you actually (laughs) streaming video as well? Yeah. Do you you have the camera? uh, on on Twitch now and then uh, other stuff that I was doing. The other day, I, I asked the crew, crew that I was in when I ran the race. They were like, no, I want to be streamed. I was like, all right. That's <laughs> no, the first time I ever ran into that. Like, <laughs> you're a better person than I am because I'm just like, I don't even ask. I just do it. <laughs> and then like later on, I'm like, yeah, so I'm streaming this, by the way, just so you know. <laughs> and everybody can see I, their I, jackasses. I, I, I should have got a mature filter. No. It's all good. It's all good. All right. It's interesting, but... Yeah. So, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks for being on. Of course, you can find the show notes at For the Lore. Thanks to the audience who stopped by. You can find us on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time at ForTheLore.com slash live. You can find us on Twitter at For the Lore or individually Joe Loaders at J. Vince, when he comes back, is at Simodian and myself at Zen Buddhist. You can also leave us your thoughts and comments on iTunes and Stitcher, and we will talk to you guys next week. Having fun. That good, huh? <laughs> I I wanted to actually get a screenshot of what I'm describing <laughs> and put it up for her. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> that doesn't sound great. <laughs>
<laughs> uh, and now Tart's in on it. Excellent. Oh, God. You weren't thinking it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh, God, she's just... <laughs> she's just like... She knows it. She's got it. All of the whole hands. Like, you can knock anything out of the park. <laughs> Have to find a screenshot. <laughs> I'm so glad she joined our little crew. <laughs> she's already, she's, dude, she's always been there. Well, not for me. You're talking about, okay, well, yeah. No, I didn't even know they were dating until like, what, a few months ago. So I don't know when all this shit happened. Nobody tells me anything. <laughs> the father who's like in his library reading. Kids come in to tell him something that's like, go tell your mother. I don't want to hear that. What the hell are you talking about? That's right. He can't talk and type at the same time. Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know. Because... (laughs) Oh, my God. Really? (laughs) (laughs) I was going to finish with macaroni, but there wasn't enough space left. (laughs) (laughs) All right, back to what I was saying. Joe, give me a test, please. I am talking at my normal speed. No, you're not talking to you. No, 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 no. You did that same shit last week, (laughs) and then I had to auto-adjust everybody else because you got ramped up like several degrees into the yellow after that. As soon as you start talking, you're a lot more excited. This is is serious. Okay, so how about this? A little bit louder and excited. (laughs) Every time you call me and tell me we should meet tomorrow, I can't help but think that you're meeting someone else tonight Why should our romance just keep on causing me such sorrow? Why am I so doubtful whenever you are out of sight? Thank you for listening to For the Lore. Each week, the show is broadcast live on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Stop by forthelore.com slash live to join the conversation and have your thoughts discussed on the show. If you'd like to hear more from the guys, check out Comic Book Informer, a weekly podcast from Vince and Roger, as well as Popcorn Ronin, a bi-weekly movie, TV, and anime podcast. 
And lastly, thanks to Manelli Jamal for the show's theme music. We encourage everyone to check out his site, ManelliJamal.com, or find him on iTunes and help support this incredible musician by picking up his CDs. Suspicion torments my heart. Suspicion keeps us apart. Suspicion, why talk to me? 